Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by ZBuyer. ZBuyer offers an unparalleled home buyer and seller lead generation service. It's made by realtors for realtors. Since 2003, ZBuyer has been continually perfecting state-of-the-art lead generation pathways. And ZBuyer brings motivated home buyers and sellers to your virtual doorstep. So visit zbuyer.com forward slash LCA to see how ZBuyer can help you close more deals in 2023. Are you famous with 50? Do you even know what the hell that means? Are you practicing right now? You are the least busy that you've ever been, and that is not a fun topic to talk about, but let's look in the damn mirror and realize you have essentially two options. It's get to business, grind, do things that you haven't been doing, get uncomfortable, differentiate, or get out of the business and go to a nine to five and today's guest is a gentleman that I met actually in my market in St. Louis. He came to speak at an event that my company put on, and I enjoyed it so much. I said, Scott, we've got to bring you on the Lab Code Agents podcast because uh, he is not only a coach and author, he's in the mortgage business. Don't judge him for that, uh, but he's got some amazing content and some awesome strategies to share, and we're going to talk about some, some of those today. Welcome to the show, Scott Groves. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's start here, man. I already, you know, you know, let the cat out of the bag that, uh, you know, you're in the mortgage business, which means, you know, you basically have to bring your credit card to come hang out in real estate rooms. Yeah. Um, but not today. Not today. You're going to bring some serious value. But but I'll, let's just assume that uh, our audience doesn't know who you are. So give us give us the shortened version of where you started and what led you to what you're doing today. Yeah, man. Scott Groves, thanks for having me on. Uh, for anybody that wants to follow up, it's Scott L. Groves. And over the next uh, 35, 40 minutes, you'll probably decide whether that L stands for I love him or he's a loser. One of the two. I'm a pretty divisive character. So it's Scott L. Groves on all the socials. And um, yeah, you know, I got out of the army in 2000, had no clue what I was going to do. Uh, started working as a teller at Washington Mutual, was horrible at that. They're like, hey, man, like every day you're out of balance. I'm like, yeah, but it's like 35 cents. Like that doesn't matter, right? Like, like, come on, you know, I'm not robbing the bank for 35 cents. They're like, no, you have to stay in balance every day, but you're really good at talking people. Do you want to go into like sales and doing mortgages? So I'm like, well, given the option of getting fired or getting a promotion, I guess I'll take the promotion. So started in loans in 2001, early 2001, rode that wave all the way up to 2008, almost went bankrupt like everybody else, probably should have declared bankruptcy in 2008. Instead, I got stubborn and held on and had to spend my 30s paying off a million dollars in debt. But uh, starting in like 2010, got an opportunity to work in-house at a real estate agent and really learn because, you know, when you're working at a bank, you're just an application taker. You know, you're doing refinances, you're doing a home equity line of credits that kind of walk in the door. And starting in 2010, really learned how to be like a self-sourced loan officer who served the real estate community and had like a real book of business. And so 2010 to about 2015, just doubled my business every year until I got to, you know, just shy of $100 million in production, which was a really big deal seven years ago. Doesn't seem like as much of a big deal now. Uh, that led to writing a book, ironically, on lead generation called Lead Generate 61 Days to Double Your Pay. That led to having a coaching program for loan officers. That led to coaching realtors and giving keynotes for realtors. So still have a team, you know, in, in this calendar year, we're recording this towards the end of 2023, probably only going to do about 40 million in loan production, which is still a good year, but not the way it's been the last decade. Um, and just spending a lot of time pouring into my loan officer coaching clients, the realtors that um, we do some coaching with, and then been giving a lot more keynotes. I uh, just mentioned, you just mentioned, got back from St. Louis where I presented for about a hundred realtors on this idea of being famous with 50. And uh, it's been a wild ride, man. The, the mortgage industry has been really good to me. I don't know really how to do anything else, uh, but it's led to other kind of like periphery, periphery, periphery businesses, you know, coaching, speaking, writing. And uh, it's a trip, man. Since we're talking to all realtors, it's funny. I'm just another loan officer calling for business in my market. But then I fly to St. Louis and realtors are like hanging on every word I say, and they're paying me thousands of bucks to come run our workshop. So it's a weird business, man. And it's a weird time in our business in 2023 and probably for the next couple of years. But I don't, I don't think I would enjoy doing anything else. 
You and I have a very parallel story, uh, and I think that's probably why I was drawn to you in the first place. However, your target audience as you went down this path became loan officers. My target audience became real estate agents, but it's very similar. And I think our, our specialty is obviously a little bit different, but you have now built out this you know, coaching platform, and it's built around something that's very applicable to any salesperson. And I think that's what probably was, was grabbing the attention of the realtors in the room, which is funny, by the way, because I totally agree with you. Outside of, saying, outside of my market, it's like people pay me to come there. Inside my market, it's like, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? It it, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't care anymore. I'm just kind of rolling with it. And, um, but I, I want to know, and I, I know our audience wants to know, like, here we are approaching the end of the year. Uh, it's arguably probably been the one of the worst, if not the worst year in most of their businesses. And 2024 is not looking a whole hell of a lot better at this point. Uh, you know, obviously pending what rates do. So, what are some strategies and tactics that you're finding are resonating and are the most applicable immediately in someone's business that we can work on as we head into 2024? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I think a lot of this um, starts with just accepting where you're at, right? Like, I think a lot of realtors and a lot of loan officers are waiting for the Federal Reserve or the administration or Kaufman and Broad with a bunch of new houses. Like they're kind of expecting somebody to come bail them out. Right. And, uh, you know, there's this big thesis on a particular day in 2023 rates were going to go down. And I was telling my coaching clients like, Hey man, don't count on that. Like, just don't count your, your, your chickens. Right. Um, before the egg is hatched. That's the rest of the saying. For those of you that aren't familiar with that, you just think I'm randomly referring to chickens. But I think, first of all, like acceptance of where we're at. And Jeff, it took me a really long time to come to this realization that if in 2024, there's going to be 4 million purchase transactions in America, there's going to be 4 million purchase transactions in America. Like we're not Apple. We can't we can't run out of iPhone 12s to sell and then create an iPhone 13. And then the second we run out of iPhone 13s, we create $300 uh, AirPods. And then when we're out of AirPods to sell, we create the iPad and the, the Apple Watch and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't, as realtors and lenders, with the rare exception of you know, calling your database when rates are low and refinancing people, or with the rare exception of the realtor that does door knocking and happens to catch somebody on the fence who then decides to to list their house. Realtors and lenders, we don't create anything. We don't create like a new pie or a new widget to sell. We just eat at the trough of whatever is there. And it really took me a long time, probably 15 years in this career before I understood that. And I was like, oh, my job is not to like create new product or new opportunity. My job is to go service the opportunity that's already there. And so what I've been telling the loan officers and the realtors I coach, I'm like, look, there's going to be 4 million transactions. How many of those do you need to have a great living? And you need to go take those deals from somebody else. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Like if you get licensed in Los Angeles or Las Vegas, Nevada, California, where I work, or I get licensed in, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, where you're at, um, St. Louis is in Missouri, right? That's correct. Okay. I just want to make sure I, I just want to make sure I got that. I've, I've flown to St. Louis three times in the last year and I don't even know what state it's in. So, um, you know, if, if we get licensed in each other's state, like for every deal that you take from Clark, Clark, uh, Clark County, Nevada, which is where Vegas is, that's one deal. I don't have an at bad at, we didn't create a new deal. So I think the first thing is like just acceptance of where I am and I've got to work harder. I got to door knock more. I've got to stay on my sphere closer. I got to post more stuff on social media. I got to be more strategic about every dollar I spend because I'm fighting for like fewer overall deals in the marketplace. And the pickup that realtors are going to find in the next year is one from working harder and two from uh, agents falling out of the industry. You know, depending on what stat you read or whatnot, you know, we're down in the mortgage and real estate space, 80,000 lenders and 100,000 realtors, et cetera, et cetera. Well, every one of those realtors that are losing are leaving the business has a sister-in-law, a college roommate, a neighbor who would have used them as their realtor if they weren't, you know, at the mall selling gold chains from a kiosk or whatever now, or selling solar, or selling Teslas or whatever they're doing. But um, those people need a realtor. 
you have to go find them, right? So acceptance and then realizing it's just a season of business where you got to hustle twice as hard to make half as much money. And that's okay. Because let's be honest, man, realtors and lenders were basically paid really well for shuffling around paperwork. You know, um, theoretically, and I know there's an emotional component and I know I'm going to piss off some realtors because we all lenders and realtors feel really special about how we manage the psyche of the clients and the transaction and deals are hard to close. I get that. But the nuts and bolts of what we do, um, we all know this to be true because the licensing requirement is so minimal. What we do uh, is not that hard. It can be theoretically automated. It can be taken over by AI. It can be taken on. Now, look, I get it. Like there's a lot of online lenders and online like iBuyer platforms that have failed miserably because there's a certain amount of like psychological support. Yeah, there's like psychological support we need to give the buyer and the seller to get to the end. I, I get that. I'm not totally demeaning our careers, but it's like we get paid really well for shuffling paperwork and managing some relationships. So we just got to go work twice as hard to make half as much money. And that's- yeah. That's just what you got to do. And if you're not ready for that, that's cool. There's no shame in it. Realtors and lenders have a really great business acumen of being able to work B to C with the consumers, but then able to work B to B with other realtors and other lenders. Like you have an awesome skill set that could translate into another profession. Go get it, right? Go start now. Uh, if you're not willing to put in all the extra work that it's going to take to be a successful realtor in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to unpack everything that you just said, I mean, I think, you know, acceptance obviously is a part of it, but also understanding that, you know, you can only control what you can control. And and so many people in this industry want to just waste their time spinning their wheels, bitching and moaning rather than focusing on what they can focus on. And, and like you said, it's like, it is what it is. Like it's... It, it, you can, you're actually going to, and you and I know this, I've been in the business since 2000. So we've gone through cycles, not this yep. bad, but we've gone through cycles and in the down cycles, you're going to work harder and make less. If you can't wrap your head around that. Yeah. You probably should vacate the industry. However, as Scott knows with every down cycle comes an equal up cycle. And yep. usually the further down it is, the further up it is. And I, Scott, you'd probably agree with me in saying that we are at the precipice of what is probably going to be one of the biggest real estate booms our world and country has ever seen because you got two generations of humans that have yet to really buy like the generations before them. And, and so again, just unpacking what you said, stick it out ride the wave, figure out how to cut back or you got to cut back. You don't need to have all the, the million dollars worth of bills. You can live on, right. a, on a tighter budget. Get through this because it's going to be so worth it in the end. Would you agree with that statement? For sure, man. And, you know, it's it's super easy. I'm not a good saver. I have lifestyle creep, right? Like you start making more money, you buy nicer stuff. But I promise you, I promise you, Mr. and Mrs. Realtor, just please believe this. Nobody has ever listed a house with you because you showed up in a white Mercedes Benz versus a gray Prius. It's never happened in the history of America, maybe with the exception of some super hoity-toity places like Beverly Hills or the Hamptons or something. But for the most part, your seller doesn't care what kind of car you drive or what kind of watch you have or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it's funny, Jeff, with the expenses, um, I give this talk on being famous with 50. I do this for realtors and lenders. And I start the talk with realtors and I'm like, and I, I've done this for a room of like a thousand realtors. I'm like, hey, stand up if um, if you have a husband, wife, spouse, baby daddy, boyfriend, girlfriend, baby mama, whatever, Almost almost everybody stands up. And then I tell them, okay, now stay standing if that person has sent you a referral for a listing or a buyer in the last 90 days. And virtually everybody sits down, right? Almost everybody sits down. And then I make this joke where I'm like, man, can I cuss on this podcast? Is that okay? 100%. Okay, cool. I say, uh, I say, look, you're not even getting referrals from the person that you're fucking. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you're spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month on this lead funnel and this marketing tool and this $35 CRM plugin that does this, that does that. Like, 
Nobody has ever gotten a real estate transaction from sending out an email about the time changing. You know, I won't I won't mention the broker, but there's a nationwide broker who every year I get about 150 emails from the agents that work at this brokerage about, hey, it's daylight savings time. Don't forget to change your clocks because, you know, it's the same drip campaign from all the realtors who I'm on their email list. And I'm like, first of all, that's starting to feel kind of insulting. Like I'm rich. I have an iPhone. It changes the time automatically. I don't have to go. The only the only thing in my entire world where I have to change the time now is my oven clock. Okay. So I don't need I don't need your email reminder. Like my watch automatically updates, my phone updates, my truck updates. Um, so now it's to the point where that email is just feeling like almost insulting. And I and I mean rich in the sense that like if you make over 50 grand, you're in like the top one percent of earners in all of the world. I'm not saying I'm personally rich. But like that email is just so trite, it's almost insulting. And I guarantee you, nobody's ever got that email and then be like, hey, Jeff, I really need to sell my million dollar house, right? So it's like, there's all this garbage that we spend time and money on. But back to my original point, like if you're not even getting referrals from your spouse, who's probably interacting with hundreds of different people a year, statistically four or five of them are gonna buy or sell a house. Like if you haven't taught your spouse how to refer you, like how dare you be spending money on a Mercedes or a you know Wazoo CRM or a lead generation funnel or Zillow long forms or sync. I just like, I get hit up all the time by realtors. Hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend $3,000 on this amazing piece of software that's gonna get me all these leads. I'm like, cool. Can you show me your tracking sheet of your last 30 leads so we can see where they came from? Oh, I, I don't, I don't really track my leads in a spreadsheet. Okay, cool. Can you show me your CRM where you have like your follow-up, you know, 36 point drip campaign to turn prospects into clients? Oh, uh, well, I, I don't really do that. This new thing is going to do it all for me. I'm like, you don't even know how to track your leads. How dare you hit me up for money to like buy leads when you don't even know how to convert your leads. Go talk to the 50 people in your life who you actually like talking to and ask them to be your advocate to get real estate transactions. It just, it, it blows my mind how much money we waste as, you know, realtors and lenders in this industry because we all think somebody's got the silver bullet to bring us business. Okay, so with that said, uh, now that we've beaten them up and rightfully so, they deserve it for, for the most part, uh, but whether you're doing it or you're not doing it, and many of them are not doing it, even if they have a CRM, they're not using the CRM, um, and many don't even have the CRM. Let's talk about this famous for 50 and, and, and with 50 and how somebody could walk away and either A, start executing it from scratch or B, do it better. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've got a spreadsheet that I'll just, I'll send you a link to or a QR code or whatever. And you can, wherever this is getting posted, you can just share it and people can have that spreadsheet, the famous with 50. Uh, and it's just kind of like a guideline and idea, but here's like the first concept, right? I make the joke about the husband, but who in your life wants to see you win? Who's not referring your business, right? And if, if you have people in your life, your spouse, your family, a college roommate, you know, a former coworker, all the soccer moms, uh, you know, at your kid's school, if there's this plethora of people that want to see you win, but you're not getting referrals from them for people who either want to buy or sell a piece of real estate, that's our fault as realtors for not having the discussion with them. Hey, this is what I do for a living. Here's how you can refer me. Would really appreciate if you keep me in mind, right? So first of all, we start thinking about that pool of people who want to see you win, who aren't giving you referrals. That's your fault, not theirs, because you haven't taught them yet how to give you referrals. Number can we, two- Can we digress for one second? Sure. Before, before you go to the number two, let's let's rewind the clock to, okay, how do I define the 50? Right. Because what if, I've got 125, Scott. How do I How do I narrow that down to 50? Yeah, so I would say- uh, you're kind of putting together this Venn diagram of like people who want to see you win, people who you know talk to people, right? And preferably people who you know who talk to people with money. I mean, that's just the reality. With rates and property values where they're at, as much as I love helping the first-time buyer with down payment assistance get into like the right house where they can get the low to moderate income housing assistance grant of Northern St. Louis DPA, whatever. It's like th those opportunities are become fewer and fewer and far between, right? Because where the rates are at, where property values are at, 
there's not in a lot of communities, you know, especially the areas I serve, like Vegas, Austin, Los Angeles, there's not a whole lot of entry level housing inventory anymore. Now, if you live in an area that's maybe a little bit more rural or not as expensive, great. I'm super happy for you. Like, like keep doing what you're doing. But like for me, it, it's kind of gross to say out loud, but I've got to think about who in my world is serving people who can actually afford to buy a house, you know, entry level house in Las Vegas is about five, 600 grand entry level area or entry level house in most of LA is a million, a million two. So I've got to strategically be thinking like, who do I know who knows the people who can buy at that purchase price? Right. Um, and so that's, that's one thing to think about. Okay. All right. Carry on. Um, and then another, the next thing is like in this kind of Venn diagram, or as we're constructing this famous with 50 people who you're giving money to, Right. I, I always ask realtors like, hey, do you have a CPA? Oh, yeah, I can't really file my own taxes. I pay this guy four grand a year to like keep my business expenses and file my tax. Great. When's the last time you got a referral from that person? Hey, how much you pay for insurance? Oh, insurance costs are out of this world now in Southern California between homeowners insurance and my business insurance and my car insurance. You know, I'm getting I'm getting slammed for seven, eight grand a year. And I'm like, cool. When's the last time your insurance agent gave you a referral? Um, you know, I've got three insurance agents who over the last 23 years, I love them to death. They're still friends, but I've made them insanely wealthy with referrals and they've always got some excuse why they can't refer back to me. So me and four other friends, a couple of realtors and a couple of lenders got so sick of it. We just went and bought our own insurance company. So we have our own insurance company. Now we just invested in it. We have a real insurance agent there. It's a big deal. Um, but like, we were just, we were so sick of putting tens of thousands of dollars a year into somebody else's pocket and them not be able to refer us back to a deal. We solved that problem by buying our own insurance company. You know, same thing. Like if you're giving referrals endlessly to a title officer, an escrow officer, you know, uh, Jeff, I, I have probably in keynotes doing my own lead generation, working in-house at uh, various real estate companies. I have probably met, had a conversation with, done deals with on the buy side and the listing agents. No joke, 10,000 realtors. I know this to be true because I have 6,700 of them in a database. I have talked to minimum 10,000 realtors in 23 years. Two of them, two of them in my entire life have asked for my business and said, hey, Scott, I know you're getting married. Oh, you're getting divorced. You're having kids. You're getting married again. You found out you had another kid. You own investment properties. You're buying investment properties. You're selling investment properties. Like They all know this is happening because I'm very transparent. I'm way, I'm way out there on social media. And I've had two realtors have the balls to say, hey, Scott, I love working with you. Um, but when it's time for you to buy, sell a house, I'd really like to represent you as your agent. And both of those agents have probably made 50 grand each off of handling my transactions. Um, so you got to think about it. Like anybody who you're putting money in their pockets, financial planners, divorce attorneys, anybody you refer to, if they're not referring back to you as a realtor, shame on you. You haven't had the conversation with them about how to refer you. And you probably haven't even asked for their personal business. Since you brought that up though, you know, that coming from the lending world and I'm very much is equally on the real estate side now. So I'm definitely playing, you know, tiptoeing on, on the middle of the fence here, but with a lending background, you know, if I if I had a nickel for every time a real estate agent said, I'll send you, it's got to be tit for tat. And I just right. kind of like, do you understand how this works? You right. know, and and I, so what is your take on that? And speaking to the real estate audience and, you know, it, God, I really hope there's not brokers that are still out there telling agents that you should only work with lenders that are going to reciprocate at the level that you can. It's just, that's not the way that it works. Yeah. Uh, and for anybody getting into the business, thinking that's the way that it works, you're just going to starve. I, I, I don't know how other way to describe it. Like it's, you want to find the right lending partner to take the stress off your shoulders. If that lending partner turns into a lead generation, uh, you know, outlet, that's phenomenal, but ultimately they should just be a supportive piece of the puzzle that helps generate more leads, not necessarily handing leads. What's right. your take on all of that coming from, you know, I would say you are still originating. I haven't originated yeah. since 2012. So from your perspective, I'd love to hear that because, you know, we're talking to a group of people that oftentimes treat us like a credit card. 
Yeah. And, and I'll give you the exact talk that I give to realtors when I'm doing my lead generation and I'm going through, uh, for those that are watching the video, they can see my little connection tracker. I'm going through my daily calls and my weekly calls. When I get a realtor, that's like, well, yeah, just refer me a deal and uh, I'll refer you a deal. It's like, okay, let me explain something to you, Mr. And Mrs. Realtor. The National Association of Realtors is the best lobby in the entire country. Like um, they are the best trade organization. Uh, a lot of people think the NRA, the National Rifle Association is powerful. No, NAR, the National Association of Realtors is the most powerful trade organization in the country because they have convinced the American population to do things backwards, right? Every consumer thinks, oh, I'll go find a realtor, I'll look at a house, and then as an afterthought, I'll figure out my loan. That's not the way it should work, right? Like I never go to the store shopping and be like, oh, I hope I've got enough balance on this credit card to pay my groceries. It's like, no, I know how much I can spend. I know what's in my budget. And then I go shopping accordingly. So realtors should feel blessed that lenders don't have any referrals for them. And the reason lenders don't have any referrals for them is because this trade organization you guys pay dues to called the National Association of Realtors, they have convinced the consumer that the search for a home starts with the realtor and then the realtor controls the handoff to the lender. Now look, as a lender being totally selfish, I wish us loan officers and brokers and banks and mortgage banks could get on the same page, like launch a national campaign that says, hey, consumers, you've been doing it backwards. Your search for a home actually starts with a lender. You need to know how much money you're actually qualified to spend. Then your lender will introduce you to a realtor and you can go shopping. Trust me, realtors, you don't want that because every lender probably only has a handful of realtors that they like working with who they feel treats their business like a business. And if we could shift that dynamic where all of the sudden the lender was controlling the referral to the realtor, those realtors that are asking for business from their lenders would not be the ones who got that business. Yeah. And so just be careful what you ask for and be proud of the fact that you belong to this amazing trade organization that has convinced, like they've brainwashed the public that their search for a home should start with a realtor, which is great for you, the realtor, because then you control the handoff and you control the relationship. But logistically, we all kind of know that's not really the way it should be. Somebody should talk to a lender first and then get handed off to a realtor who's actually a subject matter expert in the area who's actually closing business and doesn't just happen to be a friend of my cousin Bill who dated this guy once who's a realtor part-time while he's also waiting tables at Outback. It's like, yeah. that's just, this is not the way it should be. No, no, it's not. And I was just curious to get your take on that. So let's, let's continue down the, the famous with 50. So, uh, you know, let's say at this point we've identified that 50 now, what is the cadence? Uh, what what is what are we doing next? Yeah, I love that. This is my favorite question, Jeff, because I can always tell when my clients are um, are taking the coaching seriously because they'll call me a month, two months, a year into paying for coaching. They'll be like, "Hey, uh, Scott, I I started making the calls and um, and what's the script?" I'm like, "What do you, what do you mean? What's the script?" They're like, "Well, my famous with fifty, you know, it's kind of weird to call my." CPA every week and like talk to them. I'm like, well, do you know your CPA personally? They're like, yeah. I'm like, do they do a good job for you? Do they do a good job for you? Yeah. Do you have something in common? Is that how you connected? Oh yeah. It's my, you know, frat brother from college, you know, best friend or the company he used to work for. All right, cool. Well, you got all points of commonality, right? To just call them and be a human. Right. Like, you know, if I wanted to if I wanted to put Jeff on my famous with 50 because I'm like, oh, you know what? Jeff has a lot of speaking opportunities. I'm looking to get more speaking opportunities. Jeff's going to go on my famous with 50 for people I want to keep in touch with for coaching, speaking, facilitating events. I would just call Jeff and figure out what his daughter's name is, who I just saw running out the door. Right. Because I'm sure Jeff is way more interested about talking um, about his daughter and what it's like to be a dad versus, can I tell you about the two one buy down? The two one buy down is a really exciting way to help your client try to get a lower interest rate. No one cares about that, right? Mm -hmm. I would ask him, I would ask him who made the sign behind him that says uh, Fitzer Media, right? That's a cool little neon sign. Clearly, Jeff here is into baseball because he has a bunch of baseball bats encased in plastic, uh, you know, on his on his wall. I'd ask more about that, right? I try to just, I would try to spend a lot of time being interested instead of interesting. 
And I got to tell you, um, every time I hear a realtor complain, one of my coaching clients complain, oh, buyers are liars. I hate them. Blah, 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 blah. Why, why, why did they ditch me for the listing agent? It's like, well, because you never built a personal relationship with them. Like, I'm old enough to remember sitting in-house at Prudential Real Estate and the good buyer's agents would have the buyer come in in person. They would go over the contract with them in person before they ever wrote a contract or had to docu-sign one. They'd ask them about what their goals are. They'd do a David Letterman top 10. Hey, you know, let's go through the top 10 things that are most important about you buying a property so that when I see a property that has six of them, we know we got to go hard in the paint to try to make an offer and get it accepted. Oh, hey, by the way, why are we talking today, right? If every realtor is not asking that as one of their first questions, hey, why are we talking today? What What's the thing that's got you motivated to buy a house today? All of a sudden, they're going to open up about their personal story, right? Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm, I'm getting divorced and I have to downsize. Oh, you know, it's just time. I don't think I'm ever going to find the right person. I've given my whole life to my career, but I'm going to, okay, cool. So maybe we need a house that's in like a central hub where you can be social if you don't have a significant other. Oh, you've got kids? Cool. Maybe you need, you know, you start to develop that personal relationship on the buy side. Same thing with your famous with 50, like find out what your CPA's kids' names are, right? Um, Ladies, I'm guessing you're sitting there with your hairdresser a couple hours a month or every few months. Get to know them more on a personal level. Hey, who else? Who else? Uh, who else's hair do you cut? Right? Hey, do you, do you ever talk to anybody about like they're getting married, they're getting divorced, they're doing this, they might want to buy a house? You know, what are the four D's like? Like dogs, death, divorce something else, something else, something else. It's like these things that like uh, cause real estate transactions to happen. So, you know, you just be a human, right? I have it in my slide presentation of the famous with 50. Like you call them, you get them on the phone and you just be a human and you connect about stuff that matters to them. Maybe on my famous with 50 sheet that again, we can link to, it has like, you're building a little dossier on them, right? Like you're a CIA spy, you want to get into their head. So it's like, what kind of food do they like to eat? What's the most recent business book or personal development book they recently read? You know, there was a whole week, Jeff, where like, I didn't want to make my sales calls. And I'm like, I'm just over that. I don't want to talk to anybody this week. So the whole week, I just talked to him about, um, ah, what was that TV show on HBO? That's like the precursor to Game of Thrones. It's um, I'm not a TV guy, so I don't know. It's, uh, House, of, House of Dragons, right? Ah, so okay. like, I don't watch a ton of TV, but like Game of Thrones was super popular. They just came out with the prequel House of Dragons. And I just asked all my realtors and all my famous with 50 and the CPAs, hey man, are you guys watching House of Dragons? And I either got, yeah, I love it. You know, uh, Game of Thrones was my all-time favorite show. And we talked about that. Or they got, no, nah, I'm not really into it. In which case I got to make a funny joke and be like, yeah, my wife's not really into it either. She can't handle the whole like incest storyline that goes on on these like fantasy shows. You know, that's based on the House of Windsor from like, you know, uh, uh, the UK, because like for a long time, they were just like they inbred because they didn't want anybody from outside the family to take any of their wealth. Starts a really funny conversation about history and crazy inbreeding and stuff we probably shouldn't be talking about professionally. But I did like a whole week of sales calls where I just talked about that. And then I was like, hey, by the way, Jeff, um, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job as a loan officer, as a coach, if I didn't say, keep me in mind anytime anyone you know is looking to buy, sell, or refinance a piece of property. I just want to be here as the first, you know, point of conversation. And sure enough, when realtors do that, call, be a human, and then say, ah, Jeff, you know, I'm I'm a realtor. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say, you know, when you got somebody who's looking to buy or sell, I'd love to just be here as a resource, you know, whenever they start thinking about it. Boom. You just keep planting those seeds every week with like 50 to 100 people. And all of a sudden, you'll get the business. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not rocket science, right? What's that cadence? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Is it bi-weekly? Is it bi-monthly? Uh, yeah, yeah. No less than once a month. And definitely no more than once a week, right? Because once a, more than once a week, you kind of get annoyed and, and you'll feel the pacing, right? You'll talk to your, I'll use the hairdresser example, you know? So maybe you have a hair appointment every two months, you know, the off months you call and just check in, hey, how's it going? You know, just, and sometimes I even joke, I'll just be like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing my sales calls. I didn't want to talk to uh, a realtor today. This is me talking as a loan officer, just doing my sales calls. I got to be honest. I didn't want to talk to any more realtors today. So I'm calling all my jujitsu buddies to see if you know anybody who's looking to buy or sell a house that I could just be here as a resource on the financing side. Right. Um, one of my favorite realtors, she just calls like everybody couple times a year on the like sorority alumni roster. And it's like, yeah, man, you know, Betsy, I got to be honest, 
I, I just, I'm supposed to be calling clients today. I'm just over it, but my coach said I got to make my 50 calls. So I thought I'd call and catch up with an old sorority sister and just remind you I do real estate. Okay, I've reminded you that I do real estate. What's going on in your life, right? And just start a conversation, like make a joke out of it. And for some reason, this phone gets so heavy, people won't pick it up to make the very first phone call. And then they hide in email and they hide in social media marketing and they pay for some other Instagram funnel to the Twitter widget that will do the thing to get them into Link Connect Live. And it's like, they just play with this shit all day and they actually never make a sales call or build a relationship or deepen a relationship that can then lead to a listing or a buyer. Yeah. Well, and the truth is, is, you know, you mentioned social media marketing, which is my jam. And the truth is, is most aren't doing that either. They, they're going into the social media sites with the intent and then they're right. seeing a French bulldog and then they go down a rabbit hole. And then an hour later, they're like, oh, shit, what was I doing again? Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting that you, the way you describe this, because I come from a 180 degree different vein where I'm telling people, because what you're saying is tried and true. It doesn't not work, but right. it's hard. It's, it's not very fun. Uh, I like how I, there's a couple of takes that you had on it. First of all, uh, focus on being more interested than is interesting. Like, hear what he said there listen to that repeat it to yourself focus on being more interested than interesting that's like communication 101 and humans suck at it like like you know scott like i'll use this example all the time this is years ago pre-covid somebody my one of my daughters had a really bad concussion and somebody came into my office and asked me hey how's your daughter doing before i could get five words out of my mouth they went, started, they cut me off and started to tell me how they had something happen to their kid. And I was, I was thinking to myself, I didn't fucking ask you, like, right. why are you, why did you just get the fuck out of here? Like, I didn't say anything. I just played along, but I was thinking to myself, this is why you suck at sales. Because if you don't show interest in someone, you don't ask a question and then cut them off. Like, and I, I, just, I wanted to drive that home because dude, that was, a, that's a profound Profound, but yet simple statement that not enough real estate agents practice. I also love the- By the way, can we, can we stay yeah. on the interested, not interesting? Yeah. Do you know, how, I, I used to work a lot of open houses when I was growing my book of business. You know, I would just be there as a slave for realtors and stuff. Do you know how many realtors I would see come into the house and be like, oh, well, this wall has got to go. And what I would do with this <laughs> carpet and, you know, oh, it has Formica, not granite. I was like- Shut the fuck up for all you know. The client loves Formica, right? But the realtor was was probably self-conscious, probably had a little bit of an imposter syndrome, probably felt that they had to like prove their value by insulting the house. But what they were really trying to do is they were trying to be interesting about all of their knowledge about the house instead of being interested yeah. about what the client loved about the house. Yeah. And spoiler alert, the client's not going to buy the house if they hate it anyway. So you don't need to tell them all the things that are wrong with the house. Um, you know, just like, listen, ask questions. Hey, what do you think about this? What's important to you about the layout of this house? You know, what did you find appealing about this house? What did you not find appealing? You know, like, like be interested, not interesting. Yeah. Be in tune with your client. It's a good point because it's like, I, I actually think that a lot of agents actually shoot themselves in the foot by disagreeing, like uh, know your client, if, if they're a quote unquote, know it all and they walk and you ask them how it is and they like it, empathize and agree with them, whether you agree or not. Uh, but, and if somebody clearly wants your take because, you know, they fall in that disc profile and they're not a high D high I well then give it to them. Right. But like, no, I mean, I guess that's why disc profiling is so important in our industry, but yeah, dude, it's, that's a, that's a conversation we could probably spend an entire episode on that, that our industry just get, really gets wrong. Yeah, for sure. So sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 that's, that's good. I, the, the other piece of it, cause, cause again, you know, and I'm going to re repeat this. I don't like Scott's style of how he prospects. I, that's why I gravitated to social because I like attraction and I got good at it versus having to do what Scott's doing. Now, what I was going to say was I love the sorority idea uh, because I hate the concept of having to call somebody and act like I'm interested in what's happening in their life. And then, oh, and by the way, like right. to me, it's like, if I'm the consumer, I feel slimed. Like you just slimed yeah. me like the Nickelodeon shows. I don't know how everybody feels. Maybe I'm the anomaly there, but I love that joke 
I'm making my calls, you know, act like you have a boss, even if you don't have a boss and, you know, I'm doing my, my game. So I'm going to say it here. And it's like, almost like a subtle undertone. You just slid it in there. Now let's talk about like the football game that just had the, the homecoming that just happened. Remember, remember 1985, blah, 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 whatever. That's, that's a great idea uh, that I don't know that a lot of people are using. You have any other examples that you would suggest that, that maybe a really subtle way of kind of sliding it in there? Yeah, I'll give you a I'll give you a total ninja trick that nobody listening to this is going to do. Um, but one of the one of the top listing agents in Southern California, I asked her one time, I was like, hey, how do you get so many listings? Like if I want to go give a course to other realtors about how to get listings, how do you get listings? She's like, oh, well, the easiest way to get listings is to have listings. And I'm like, okay, ha ha ha, funny joke. I'm like, explain. And she's like, well, first of all, when you have a listing, every one of the neighbors is gonna walk into the into the property and like wanna see what it's like and see how Jeff's been living the last couple of years and find out how much it's worth. And so like just having listings solidifies you in the neighborhood. She's like, but here's what I do. I have a cadence. I do a broker's open on Tuesday, a broker's open on Thursday, an open house on Saturday, an open house on Sunday. And I... uh Offers are due by Monday. Counter offer will be out by Tuesday. We'll be in escrow on Wednesday. It's a 10-day process. I very rarely don't have a house sold in 10 days. I'm like, okay, cool. She's like, but you know how I get extra listings? And I'm like, no clue. She's like, the Friday night before the Saturday and Sunday open house, I'll door knock the 20 or 30 houses right around the house. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, hey, uh, I'm, let me uh, come up with the name. I'm Betsy. Hey, I'm Jeff. Uh, hey, Jeff, I just want to let you know, I've got the open house three doors down. Uh, you know, we're expecting about 100 people through this weekend, even though rates are up, prices are still really strong. I just want to make sure my open house doesn't cause a detriment to your weekend. So if somebody blocks your driveway or throws out a, uh, you know, a Coke can on your front yard or something, please just let me know. I'll come take care of it. I just don't want my busy house to be a detriment to your. And then all of a sudden. Um, she starts to walk away like a person. She just walks away and the guy will be, Oh, wait a minute. You're going to have a hundred people through your open house. I thought the economy was doing horrible and my, my lights going off for people watching the video, but whatever, we'll be fine. Uh, I thought, and she'll be like, Oh no, you know what, Jeff? Um, I'm not really here to sell you anything. Uh, I got to apologize to another 20 or 30 people on the block. Let me get your name and phone number and email address. And I'll follow in case you want any information on market conditions or whatnot. So She's adding 20 or 30 neighbors to her database. She follows up with every single one of them once the offer is accepted. Hey, just want to let you know we got an accepted offer on that property. No more open houses in your area. Whoo, you can enjoy your weekend, blah, 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 blah. And then she's growing her database. At least a half dozen of those 30 people will want information on the market. Mm -hmm. And she's like, one of them always becomes a listing within a year, period, end of story. Like yeah. every single time I execute on that, at least one of the neighbors becomes a listing that works with me within the year. And and I've told Jeff, I, this is what I want to quit being a loan officer and just go be a realtor to just prove how hard it is to execute, but how easy the actual game plan is. Because like, if you just do that every time you have a listing or every time you're sitting a listing for somebody else, you will get a listing out of that within 12 months. And it's just, it's mathematically true and people don't want to do the work. It blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, no, you're right. You actually brought up another uh, idea that somebody said the other day too. Uh, and I don't remember where I heard this from, but uh, they had suggested same concept, but go to the neighbor's and ask them if you can put a directional sign in their yard. And as a thank you for doing so, you've got a $10 gift card to Starbucks. And it's the same concept. Like the neighbors, first of all, blown away that you're basically going to pay them to use their yard. It opens yep. up the conversation. Uh, and I, yeah, you're right. I just don't think like so many realtors have open houses all wrong. Like they're doing open houses to sell houses that actually what you described Act, that's that's an anomaly because normally people are old open houses to get buyers. And right. in your case, like you said, it's like they're actually using the open house to get another listing yep. in the neighborhood, which is which is brilliant, man. I mean, that's such a great idea. Yeah. But to your point, it's all about sliding into the conversation. She's not going up there being like, yeah. hey, I'm selling the house next door. Would you like yeah. a, a market analysis on your property? And they're yes. just like, whoa, back off, yes. dude. But he's like, hey, I just don't want you to have a bad weekend because of our busy open house. Here's my card. If you need me, call me. I'll come clean up the trash that this moron just left on your yeah. front sidewalk. You know, 
Focus um, on being brilliant. interested. Is she that that agent is interested in their well-being, and she's showing that rather than trying to be. Look at me, I'm the expert, and I can give you all this stuff. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's so good. Well, I mean, we're going we're going along on time, so I want to be mindful. Um, gosh, I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. What What are your parting thoughts, man? What What would be some parting thoughts that you have for you know our audience, which is primarily real estate agents right now? We're We're just entering into November. And and if ironically, you mentioned NAR, which was ironic timing because, you know, obviously there's some big news coming out uh, yeah. right now, which we're not going to get into. But, you know, what's what's the outlook? What is it that somebody has to 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 kind of hold their head up and look yeah. at the industry from a cup half full perspective as we head into 2024? Yeah. Uh, I want to give two thoughts and I'll give that, you know, you mentioned how you like the social media and the attraction and and some people go on to social media with the intention of doing their marketing, their lead generation. They never did. Yep. Here's a good litmus test. If you've never been put in Facebook jail for a couple of days, you're not doing marketing through social media. And what I mean by that is there's a big difference between brand awareness and lead generation. You know, I put up some video explaining some product da, 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 or talking about a house I just sold. You know, that's brand awareness. But going into your messages with every single person that communicated on that post and be like, hey, Jeff, I saw you like my post of that house I just sold for $50,000 over a list. Thanks so much. By the way, I don't know if I have you on my newsletter list. Can I get your email, right? If you're not cutting and pasting messages and like hitting up all of the people who interact with your marketing, then you're not actually doing lead generation. And what I mean about being put in Facebook jail is if you do that enough, eventually the algorithm will be like, oh, we think Scott's spamming. Let's turn him off from being able to message for 24 hours. If that's never happened to you, you're not actually doing marketing on social media um, or you're paying a lot of money to somebody like Jeff to do it for you has worked out all the kinks. But if you're doing it on your own, you know, you've got to be interacting you know, privately with the people who interact with you publicly, or else you're just doing a branding exercise. You're not actually doing marketing and lead generation. I actually think those are very different things that companies and individual producers mesh together. Um, the, the, the cup half full is this one, we get paid really well for what we do. So keep doing it. Um, number two, for many of us, like you and I, what's the alternative, right? I'm 44. I'm not going to go learn a brand new industry and learn how to sell, you know, um, whatever generators. Um, and number three, well, I got like four more. Number three, there's a lot of people getting out of the industry. So you're just going to pick up their business, right? And I'll say this is a closing thought. There is a monotony in our business if we're doing it right, right? Like if I have to tell somebody again, um, hey man, uh, if you know anybody looking to buy, sell, or refinance a piece of property, I'd love to be here as a resource to help them go over the numbers, right? That rolling off my tongue every day, all day, multiple times, in some ways it feels really gross, right? It's like, it's like, oh God, I got to do the same thing over and over again all the time. But also we have control of our future that if we just do the same thing over and over and over and over again, we know it will generate a certain amount of revenue. Now, when you reverse engineer your commission to your closings, to your under contracts, to your leads, to your this, you might find out you got to talk to 30 people to close a deal instead of it used to be 12. And that's unfortunate. We just got to say the same thing over and over again. And we got to go through the same process over and over again, 30 times instead of 12 times per deal close. And that sucks. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating that. But the fact that you know exactly what you need to do to create the deal, that's kind of the beauty and the curse of our business. So just embrace it. Control the controllables like you were saying, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Embrace the suck and just be like, I'm going to outlast these people. And then when either rates drop or the government changes their stance and they start subsidizing builders instead of buyers because we need way more inventory, more than we need more buyers. Um, when something changes, and that might be six months, Six weeks, six years from now, I don't know. But when it changes, the people that grow their database and they stay in touch with people and they're famous with 50 people where those 50 people start becoming their advocates, um, you will reap an oversized portion of the rewards. So just, you know, stay the course and keep expenses low. I love it, man. And, you know, what you said, and I think what's most fascinating about this and why I was very uh, open about saying, you know, I don't like Scott's strategy as a as a personal 
you know, originator or, or salesperson, but that's the beauty of the business. There isn't one way to do this. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. So find the one that you're the most passionate about and the best at, and just go all in on it. And you know what else I, I heard you say, Scott? Attention. It's it's about attention. You just said it differently because I speak it like it's all about attention. The future is all right. about attention. The one who owns the most attention. That's what famous with 50 is. Do yeah. you have their attention? When you right. go to an open house, do you have the attention of the neighbors in the neighborhood? Everything that you're saying to me just drives all of that back. It's just how you go about getting that attention, which is what's going to differentiate the, you know, the best from the rest, basically. Scott, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to follow up? Somebody wants to hire you to speak, which he does a lot of that and can keynote your events, uh, maybe to hire you to coach them, maybe to hire you uh, to come and, and, and speak inside of their brokerage, either virtually or live. What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, Scott at scottgrovesteam.com is my email. And on all the social sites, I finally found something that works on all of them. I am just Scott L. Groves. So Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them, just that thing. And then forward slash Scott L as in lover or loser, depending what you thought about this talk, Groves, G-R-O-V-E-S, and uh, we'll get in touch. Not the Scott Groves, who's the wannabe Tony Robbins motivational speaker in Australia. I don't have a cool accent like he does, but um, anywhere else, Scott L. Groves, find me there. And uh, Jeff, man, thanks for having me on. I feel like we could talk for hours. There's a hundred percent. And by the way, Scott just dropped a little bonus tip for you. Uh, you should all try to do that on your socials. You should try to be as consistent across all of them as humanly possible and have it as close to your name, not some goofy fun name, your name. So your customer, your, your 50 can easily find you. Scott, that was good. You didn't even realize you were dropping another nugget. You did. I uh, appreciate it, brother. We'll uh, definitely stay in touch, man. Thanks, man. Today's episode is brought to you by ZBuyer. ZBuyer offers an unparalleled home buyer and seller lead generation service. It's made by realtors for realtors. Since 2003, ZBuyer has been continually perfecting state-of-the-art lead generation pathways. And ZBuyer brings motivated home buyers and sellers to your virtual doorstep. So visit zbuyer.com forward slash LCA to see how ZBuyer can help you close more deals in 2023. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.